This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey everybody, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel, and I, I travel between worlds to help make your life better. Uh, just That's what I do. Um, tonight's show, I want to talk about consciousness, which I actually I do pretty frequently, but I want to uh, bring astrology back to the mix. I, I end up talking about um, soul stuff, life and death stuff, all kinds of different things about spiritual development, but I kind of want to um, – I want to – I, th- I feel like I've done this before on a previous show, but it might have been like over a year ago. So I want to just kind of update you on how I'm thinking about this and um, let you in on a couple of different ways that I use astrology to understand consciousness and how I use consciousness to change how I do astrology. I think I think it's a very interesting discussion because as you feel out different kinds of styles of astrology – that you may want to uh, sample or, or uh, take advantage of, or you reach out to different practitioners who, you know, maybe maybe you ask four evolutionary astrologers different questions to try to get a feel for which one, or, or four, um, you know, um, different, ki- you know, whatever kind of astrology, and and uh, but so I want to give you some insights into how to think about what astrology is and is doing and how you ask questions, not as in horary, uh, where you make a chart for the time you ask a question, but as in, you know, to give you some tips on how the lens of your consciousness is approaching astrology and then how the lens of the consciousness of another person is answering your questions. So I want to talk a little bit about that, and I also want to give you um, a bit of an update on uh, some stuff that, that I've been uh, working with, kind of an update on this whole idea. I've done a, a few shows called Adventures in Consciousness, and it's certainly not done over here. <laughs> some really interesting stuff has happened since I since I since uh, uh, we hung out last week. And uh, so I want to tell you a little bit about that and stuff I'm, I'm working with and adjusting to. And the reason that I do that and I, I, is because I, I seem to presume that it's helpful for people who are experiencing, you know, the evolution of consciousness or stuff coming up for healing or, you know, I presume it's useful. And then I say stuff and then people write and say, hey, thanks for telling us your story. That's helpful. So that's why I keep doing it is because uh, some nice people listening uh, write in and say, um, yeah, that was really great. Thank you. That helps. <laughs> so, um, okay. So as far as announcements go, um, there will be another transforming it's the kind of general label of um of channeling event within the next couple of months. I'm working out with uh, uh, Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi. What exactly it's going to be about? Um, part of the process that's changing is if you have listened to the show a bunch of times, you have never heard me. You may note you've never heard me introduce Metatron before Jehudi. You've never heard me say one name that one name before Jehudi because I've been 
really kind of hardcore focused with Jehudi. He's been working with me for quite a, a number of years. And Metatron as my guide in the background, and then starting in August, I brought him in to, to do the uh, – Late August, the um, what was it called? The energy clearing event. That was the first time that I channeled him uh, for you, for you people, uh, for other people, other than just him being a guide of mine uh, that I work with individually. So um, anyway, that's one of the updates I want to give you. But uh, is about how that's changing. It's it's actually fascinating. So even like eleven years into this process, I still get surprised. And so I want to share with you about that. Um, conscious living, conscious dying uh, is the new book which is uh, channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi. And if you're not familiar with who he is, he hangs around to help us understand things. He answers questions. Uh, he's, he came through to be my tutor when I wasn't completely satisfied with um, uh, the answers about soul I was getting from religious traditions and from astrologers, even evolutionary astrologers. So I, I asked if you know anyone could help me out. He came through. So he answers questions to help us in our evolution, and I was wanting to see how to read the Soul's Journey in a chart. And so all this this show, the Soul's Journey trilogy of books, um, how I do Soul's Journey, sound bites, how I do readings in general, consultations, um, is all based in that evolution of working with him specifically. And then Conscious Living, Conscious Dying came out. It's now available through tdjacobs.com as well as uh, Amazon and Kindle. If you want the ebook, it's only on Kindle, uh, but the paperbacks through Amazon or tdjacobs.com. And uh, when that process was done, when that book was done, I – oh, so anyway, I want you to get the book, and so does Jehudi and, and, and all of your guides, uh, because it, it lays out what soul is, how it, your human life relates to your soul, and how that process works, what your soul is learning through your experiences, and why you experience what you do as a human – and it's kind of a manual for becoming more conscious of what life here is all about and what you're actually doing here. It's the shortest of the five-channeled books, and it's the most concise and most potent. And um, even as I was editing it, I was uh, struck by how powerful it is, even relative to the other ones. I want you to read all five, but this is kind of an evolution, kind of the fifth chapter of it. Uh, so when I finished that, I took a few days off. And, uh, you know, did some editing process and then did the promotions and launched it. And um, then I started to get, like, Metatron edging forward a little bit. And that was uh, interesting because um, I've been working with him off and on since 2004, since being, becoming aware in 2004 that he was a specific guide of mine, which, to be honest with you, kind of freaked me out at that point. Um I was about a year into this whole, uh, you know, big change from linear logical mind working in an office, thinking that I was going to have a career working in offices, and kind of doing this kind of very, um, frankly, consensus reality uh, kind of uh, human experience, and thinking that I was my brain and my brain saying yes, I am who I am, uh, and me buying the rest of me buying it and kind of following along. <laughs> uh, so I found out that's who that was, and it was kind of freaky because um, he he shows up with such an intense presence, um, but he did it in a really modified way so that I wouldn't get freaked out. But then just kind of knowing who he was and making those connections um, really uh, really did kind of surprise me a little bit. And I thought I'm, something must be mistaken because why would this guy be a guide for me? Like why would this particular archangel who's um, – 
uh, like this, uh, the Archangel Ass Kicker. He's, he's like seriously intense. Go look him up and read about him and look at the representational art uh, of him. But he, but he shows up made of flame. And that's how he appears to me when his face comes through to me. Uh, he doesn't speak. His face, uh, <laughs> you know, so his face is there and then he transmits information and changes my consciousness the more I look at him, the more I look into the, into the eyes of this face that's made of flames. Very intense. So in August, uh, kind of telling the story out of order, but you'll get it. In August, I was like, really? I'm going to bring him through to channel for people? And that experience was pretty intense. And then in November, another channeled event for people, another 90-minute uh, phone call thing, a, a transforming event. And then in February, mid-February, a third one. So now we've done three of those. And now, since probably January, he's been coming into sessions, and I've been doing the energy work with him. So what happened after I finished Conscious Living, Conscious Dying is that in taking my break, I was apparently taking a break from hanging out with Jehudi. And so I sat and you know, looked at Metatron's face, basically. And in the past, that's been a very intense experience, as I just mentioned. And it was not as intense. He was saying, get used to this and moderate it. Because he won't speak through me, but he will affect me. He does speak through other people. Like, you can find written channelings from him, but that's not what he does through me. He does, like, energy work and and other things. But he um, says, focus on my face, and I will alter your consciousness so that you can use your consciousness. Basically, you can use your brain and use your awareness to see things in a new way. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I, I'm up for that. <laughs> Adventures and consciousness is kind of, um, you know, my tagline sometimes. So I did that. Uh, so I talked to you last Wednesday and I did that starting, I think Wednesday night when I was getting ready to go to bed. And then I did it again Thursday. And I did it off and on Thursday. I probably did it off and on for three or four hours, which is quite a quite a long time. Friday morning, I woke up and I felt uh, like me. I felt grounded, very grounded. I felt like I'd been meditating a lot. Uh, I felt like I had my head on straight and everything was fine. <laughs> and then I was making breakfast and I wanted to. You can. It's okay for you to laugh, but I wanted to peel the sausage. I didn't want the casing. I didn't want to eat the casing, so I wanted the sausage. It was just this chicken sausage from uh, the store where I buy chicken sausages. <laughs> And uh, so I was trying to peel it and I couldn't do it. And I, I probably spent, I mean, like five minutes, which is a very long time to try to peel a, a little, you know, the skin off a little sausage, the casing. And I'm getting frustrated and I'm getting upset and I'm getting more frustrated. And I'm saying, well, I've, I'm, I know that I've done this before. This, this isn't a problem. So I keep focusing and I'm grounded and I'm being clear, but I'm still getting upset because I don't understand why my, why my fingers won't do this. And I get really, really upset. And then I realize that I'm trying to do it with my left hand. Like I don't feel right handed anymore. So I start crying. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. I start crying and I go up, my girlfriend's getting ready for work and I go up and I sit down on the bed and I'm just, I'm bawling my eyes out. And it's one of those – she named a couple of other uh, experiences from the last year where I've had just kind of this altered sense of consciousness and have been very confused or upset, and we, and we were able to laugh about it. But in that moment, um, I was just extremely upset because I couldn't – I couldn't – I, I could use my right hand, but it didn't feel authentic. And I could use my left hand, but I didn't have the motor control to do that. So, for example, 
picking up a bowl when I finally finished the meal and carried my breakfast and carried it. I couldn't do it with my right hand. So um, adventures in consciousness. So basically what had happened is I had done uh, – I had spent enough time with uh, Metatron and I didn't realize this was happening, but he was working on balancing the hemispheres of my brain, which you can probably – deduce from from what I've told you. So now the emphasis is gone from my right hand. I'm still right-handed. I'm still writing with my right hand, but it just kind of feels like an old friend. I when I think when I put my attention on my hands, it's in my left hand. And when I go to do something, it feels awkward like something's wrong if I do it with my right hand. And I've always eaten with my left hand, but now we're talking about picking objects up, opening doors, that kind of thing, like normal, very t- very small things. So anyway, so it's not upsetting anymore, and and uh, we were able to have a good laugh about it. But in that moment, I was just – I felt so messed up. I was – I didn't know what was happening. Suddenly, everything was different. Now, as I kind of tune in and look at it, it's, it's like they're more – the emphasis is a little more balanced. The emphasis is a little more balanced. I have – Noticed over the last maybe eight or ten months, the more I channel Jehudi, there is um, a temporary emphasis on my right brain. I notice it because the left side of my sixth chakra feels really open and that part of my face feels really open. And if I, if I channel Jehudi a lot, I can look in the mirror and my right eye looks a little smaller than my left and it's just the energy of it, just uh, the energy. And so I think there was a little imbalance from really – doing quite a lot of work in one direction. So now uh, to work with Metatron, he's saying, okay, well, let's let's balance things a little. So that experience was, frankly, terribly upsetting for about an hour, hour and a half. And probably if I were not um, accustomed to being grounded and you know getting my head back on straight, it probably would have been several days. But I was able to kind of adjust to it and uh, – you know, understand that it's that it's okay. Uh, so now, um, yeah. Anyway, I I don't I not I'm not left-handed. Suddenly, it just suddenly there feels like there's an emphasis there because, like I said, I don't have the motor control to do a lot of the things that I do with my right hand, being my whole life right-handed. So anyway, a little a little shift, and this is this is something that you know maybe it's a little extreme, maybe it's not something that would happen to you, but there are going to be all kinds of things that if you set out to alter how you see things or to enlarge your spiritual vocabulary, your experience. If you set out to work with any of these beings, if you say, I want to know my guides better, or gosh, I, I'd love to meet somebody like Jehudi or Metatron, you may have bits of intervention uh, like this that um, that cause the little things in your consciousness to change. So anyway, that's, that's something that's been happening uh, this week. And it's been – I have scanned – and really felt into the situation to see if it's related, but it's not. Um, I have also been continuing doing the acupuncture, and uh, in, and in this process, I have been able to see behind what you know looks like irritability, or it's kind of an extra energy that I have an irritability of being on edge. I have Mars Uranus in the first square of the nodes. There's like a lot of um, fire energy that I have that comes out as reactivity. So I've been going to the acupuncture and saying, um, you know, please, you know, treat me for anger or frustration or whatever it is. And as uh, I think I've been to four treatments, four or five treatments so far, 
um, some other stuff that's deep is actually coming to the surface and I'm becoming aware of it. And it, and if you hear like a difference in my voice, it's actually not that I'm suddenly half left-handed. It's that it's this other thing that I'm trying to work with. I'm not ready to talk about it, but I can't hide that I'm being affected by, you know, something deep under the surface coming up. Um, so listen, I'm going to take the first break now. Stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs on the soul's journey and I'll be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Uh, before I uh, go on, I actually want to um, answer a couple of uh, listener questions that, that came in a few weeks ago. I posted on Facebook on my work page, you know, if you have questions, post them. And um, and Victoria actually posted at the very end of, of the hour, um, so I, could, I couldn't really answer, but I wanted to go back and answer these two questions. One of them is kind of brief, one of them um, isn't. First one is, uh, what are my thoughts on chart rectifications? Uh, you know, do I do them and how do I see that? And what, what I do, um, the, and chart rectifications for people who might not be familiar with that phrase or that term, it's when you don't know your birth time and you try to figure it out. And there are different techniques for doing this. And um, uh, most self-respecting astrologers are very scientific about it and it takes time. For me, I basically want to make sure everything's in the right house. So when I when I do them, it wouldn't be, uh, oh, I don't know at all what time I'm born. But if somebody says it's between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., if I have a window, I- I'm inclined to, to give it a go. But just so you know, I won't be scientific about it. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to do is make sure the Pluto's in the right house, that the nodes are in the right houses, that the south node ruler. I'm trying to make sure all that stuff is in there. 
Um, and that's just a way of not, um, you know, laboriously pouring over all of these, these details. So if you want that done, somebody else can help you with that. You know, the, the really detailed thing, you want to know the exact minute of your ascendant. Well, some of the techniques people use include solar arcs, which is a way of, um, understanding how certain major events happen to you in your life, uh, based on age. It's a way of, um, using the, the degree of the progressed sun at a particular age, and well, you can look that up and read about that. But, but um, so I do it, but it's in a way that um, would really only satisfy intuitive Sagittarian Piscean types. So, okay, that's the first question. Uh, second uh, question is um, she's asking about my thoughts on past and current future lives all happening at once. Um, one of the things to say is that your human brain, as it is, is not outfitted to grasp that but yes <laughs> uh it's all happening simultaneously from the view of your soul if you take some like the soul exists outside time and observes uh what you're experiencing and and the full explanation of that is uh well it's actually um from jehudi from the from the ascended master it's in conscious living conscious dying uh the one i just uh, published uh, and if the astrology version of it, which is like me learning from him and then turning it into an astrology teaching using charts, uh, is in the Soul's Journey trilogy, Soul's Journey 1, 2, and 3. Um, but, but yeah, it's all happening simultaneously from the Soul's perspective. And, um, you know, we've been trained to think about this linear time. You know, like I, there's a point in my life where I'm four years old, I'm 10 years old, I'm 20 years old, I'm 41, I'm 80, you know, and then I die or whatever. Uh, insert your numbers here, but um, but we are not. We are only tied to time if we let our linear logical minds, our Mercuries, our left brains, tell us who we are. If you let your uh, right brain and your Neptunian self, if you let Jupiter and Neptune kind of open you up, right? Jupiter and Neptune are co-rulers of Pisces. You can think about that for a minute. If you get in that Neptunian Jupiterian space, you can actually start to see and feel across time. Which is part of what I've been doing. Uh, like when I say to you, oh, you know, the acupuncture is actually opening something up and something's coming up from under the surface and I'm dealing with it. It's a past life thing where the quality of feeling and the emotion has always been with me, but I'm able to now, because I spend, you know, um, you know, it's my, it's my work, but it is my life <laughs> to spend time with that Neptunian radio dial to find these different emotions, these different frequencies and how they affect me because that's part of my path of, of uh, expanding and raising consciousness. Um, and I do draw people who want to do that work too. So I do work with people who are working on, you know, what we would call past life issues, but I, I term, you know, issues to do with another life related to your soul, you know, one of your other lives. But yeah, future lives, it's all happening. I've actually had the experience several years ago of being um, essentially, we might say, remembered by a future life like I, Tom Jacobs, was the past life. Like I had that experience. I was very clear that I was being looked at from the future by a me. Very, very interesting. Um, so yeah, all that's happening simultaneously. Um, also, parallel lives are happening. Parallel lives are happening, but um, your chart will not reflect the themes of those lives. So if you take your chart, you could, you know, theoretically through a series of uh, regressions or or, or whatever, you could actually, you know, map a bunch of things by finding finding the emotions, finding the situations, finding the memories, and you could map them on the timeline. But there are going to be things that overlap with other lives that are associated with your soul that do not fit the themes of your chart. 
anyway, so that's that's kind of what I get from uh, from my from our unseen friends as I ask those questions. But they're very clear that um, opening up to that, I said, your mind as it is, your linear logical mind as it is, cannot deal with that, <laughs> cannot really grasp it. But if you ask for some upgrades. If you ask to have your consciousness expanded, which is something that, that I have gone through with Jehudi since day one, as soon as I figured out who it was and I named him, he came through and gave me my first uh, noticeable upgrade so that I could understand more of his thought process. So if you go down that road, then uh, you can get stretched a little bit and certain things will make more sense. But then as you sit down and think about it, even after you get stretched 10 or 20 times, it may still be a little overwhelming and awe-inspiring. But that's okay. So anyway, Victoria, thanks for for um, thanks for sending in uh, those those questions. Um, so I want to talk. Uh, I want to shift focus to uh, astrology and consciousness. And this this comes up uh, for me because I'm thinking. You know, I always think about the questions people ask me. What it is that uh, I can do for you today, and and the kinds of questions that people ask me reveal what they think astrology is for or can tell them. And there are some people who say things like, I know you don't do predictions, but can you tell me about the timing of blah blah blah? And this is a bit this is a big one, the idea of timing things. Essentially somebody might have the question, can you tell me when it's the right time to make a decision on this job thing or this home purchase or this other purchase or, you know, beginning this relationship or ending that relationship or you know the big reveal to my to my mom about the thing that happened or whatever it is, uh, the timing of things. And there are some astrologers that that will um, really get into that. You know, really go into that. And so, regarding events that may happen or could happen or require your free will to happen, <laughs> you know that you may be the prime mover in these situations. My thing is, I'm going to explain to you when you ask me if you do, what energies are in play right now, which is to say. It will extending that, what questions you are being asked by life to answer. Now, when I do that, I, I have always thought that it must be uh, unsatisfying to people who would like to know you should do that on June 10th or June 20th. <laughs> you know, I always, I always used to have, I used to be nervous about it actually, because I'd be nervous when people ask me questions about specifics. But then I realized that my, my job is, um, is to put that person in charge of his or her life. I want that person to express free will. So that's part of my bias, is that every person, is, you know, my the lens through which I view astrology, is not that it is necessarily or merely a tool, uh, or even can be really a tool to tell you the best day to choose something, because y- when you make choices, in fact, you are making a creative. It's a creative act. You're making a decision. You're creating a set of scenarios that lead to an outcome, and that outcome will, regardless of whether you like it or not, regardless of whether it's happy or positive or negative or sad, will teach you more about making choices. So, you know, should you make this? Should you do this thing on June 10th or June 20th? I'm happy to look at the charts for those days, but I will always term, you know, phrase my answer or frame my answer in terms of what you're being asked to do and consider and think. And then I'm going to ask you to trust your gut when it's time to make a decision. And your brain, you might, you might with your brain, sit down and say, okay, yeah, thank you for all that info. It's June 20th. And then on June 9th, you know tomorrow's the day. But, but I'd already decided it was going to be the 20th. So anyway, so you're going to get guided. You're going to feel an impulse in your gut 
to make the decision when the time is right if you're open to, to receiving that info. So what do you expect astrology to tell you is a question I ask all of you who are into astrology. Like, like what do you want it to tell you? Uh, when, you, when you're looking at different practitioners, it's really good to read their websites. And if you're an astrology practitioner and you don't have info about you, get it up there. Because people are searching. People all over the world, sitting up in their jammies at 3 a.m., I wonder if there's an astrologer who understands this thing that I'm going through. And so uh, not that you have to have a full-blown, professional, super expensive website. You could do it using a blog for free frankly, but um, but getting your message out there so people can read about who you are because the people who are looking for you can only find you, obviously, if you're findable. So, you know, so if you're thinking of, if you're thinking about going into a practice, but you're not sure, put up a thing anyway, even if you decide not to really open a full practice, let people find you. That's a huge thing. We're in we're living in this, you know, information age where. You know, people are sitting up in their jammies all over the world at 2 or 3, 4 or 5 a.m. They can't sleep because they have a question. You know what? Maybe you can answer their question for that person. So um, I look at where the web traffic comes from on my site and how these search it, you know, makes it sound really weird and like I'm 110 years old, but like how these searches work. But like how I look at search terms and I look at where people are finding things. And I'm just sometimes curious. I don't look every day. I don't even look every month now, but I'm, I'm always curious. And as I said on the show before, uh, there seem to be trends. Like I have the Lilith pages up on my site and it, and it has some basic info, houses, signs, aspects, transits of, of uh, you know, to Lilith and regarding Lilith, uh, the true black moon. And um, about 30% of my web traffic is that it doesn't matter how many people visit my site today or this week or next month, 30% of it, 30 to 31% will be to the Lilith pages on those kinds of searches, you know, in my jammies, having a cup of tea, wondering what Lilith and Capricorn means. People, that, that person ends up on my site. Persons from all over. So now I'll notice trends with, um, with different countries in different areas, which is, which is entertaining. But, um, yeah, so getting a website up so people can find you because uh, to have a description out there of what you do and what you say and what you think um, is very important. So if you're looking, if you are a potential uh, client and you're looking for a practitioner, of course you want to be able to find them. So um, so having these statements are, are very important, but they also reveal, just like how a client asks me a question, reveals where that person is, what that practitioner has written about him or herself is also a revealing. Uh, just as a side note, if you find a site with no bio but but five testimonials, you know what are you really learning? It's really good to have uh, uh, something from that person, not just testimonials. That's just kind of a, a side note. I don't know why I'm inspired to say that, but uh, time will tell. So, um, yeah. So if somebody sees things in terms of you know, uh, you know, just picking things randomly out of the air. Relationships. Maybe somebody really looks at life as being about relationships. That that will become apparent through what that person writes about him or herself, and that may appeal to you or may not. This other person may be into business and finance. You know, this other person may be into horary, like like timing decisions or asking questions and and figuring that kind of thing out. This other person may be really into moon cycles and when's the best time to have a new idea? When's the best time to, you know, uh, cu- you know, end 
progress on an idea that isn't working, like all those kinds of timing things. So you have all these different focuses. So, um, and then there are people like me out there who are, who have this, um, bias, I mean, because they're all biases, they're all like what we're interested in, what we think life is about, what we think the universe is trying to tell us. And for me, it's all about, as you could probably guess, um, from half the things in my life being called the soul's journey, the soul's journey. Um, so, uh, you know, so whatever question you ask me, I'm going to interpret it based in what you as a soul living a human life needs to know. So I'm always trying to tell you what your soul is trying to get you to experience. So that's just the lens I work through. It appeals to some. It doesn't appeal to others. Uh, some people want like um, – and I don't – you know, just looking at different styles of how people might seek information. You know, what I'm giving is kind of a you know Sagittarian, Piscean, Jupiter, Neptune, 12th house, 9th house kind of deal. Um, I'm happy to give like the Gemini third house kind of deal where I'm just, just the facts. I'm happy to give the – you know, oriented toward healing, uh, Virgo sixth house Mercury kind of thing, you know, and kind of the useful practical detail oriented stuff. I'm happy to do all those things. And, uh, sometimes people ask me for very specific kinds of things that I can adapt to. Uh, but typically I'm trying to get you to understand why things come to you the way that they do. Like, what are you vibrating that is drawing the experiences to you that you're having? And so this is a bias. This is a bias. So what you're getting is, in fact, a look at my consciousness. You know, if you if you call if you call into the show sometime and say, you know, what's going on in my love life, and I say to you, um, life is asking you to make certain decisions, including saying no to people you don't want to hang out with. You know, maybe you call into an astrology radio show and ask for advice and that person says oh well you know what may is a big month for romance and that's fine that's great there are people who look at astrology that way you know maybe jupiter's about to transit into your seventh or eighth house which could typically be looked at as a uh, you know as a very positive time for relationship perhaps and what i'll look at is well what in your seventh or <laughs> i always uh, jupiter transit thing's funny to me uh because what i'll do is i'll say well what in your seventh what wherever it is like let's say it's about to to cross your descendant, the beginning of the seventh house. Well, what in your seventh house is full of crap? Like what in your relationships should you not be putting up with? Because Jupiter will exacerbate it so you have the chance to say no. When you say no to the crap that you're that you're creating, that you're co-creating, then Jupiter will bring you wonderful opportunity. Like the deck will be cleared for something wonderful. I always take this image of if you're holding a bag of rocks, Jupiter comes up and says, let me give you this gift. And you're like, oh, you know, I'm – I kind of been hanging out with this bag of rocks. I, you know, I kind of, kind of getting used to it. Jupiter's gone in a second. So, uh, so the opportunity is there only if you get rid of something crappy. I observe this through every single Jupiter transit. But again, this is what I observe. And as I look at what we're here to do, I have this idea, I have this bias, I have this lens uh, through which I see things. And I see that we're here in this evolutionary path and we have to clear out crap that doesn't work in order to be open to stuff that's better. So that's how I answer, for example, questions about Jupiter transits. You know, another example is I get um, questions about Pluto transits. And for me, these are um, really juicy and they're opportunity. I mean, I hate living through them. I'll just be honest with you. I'm having like a doozy right now. And it's a lot about the stuff that's coming up under the surface for me over a long term. Pluto's at my IC, which is one of these once in a lifetime things. Like my, 
uh, when I'm gripey about it, I say things like, and my girlfriend's heard this a couple times, and uh, lately I've been holding my tongue because I'm just trying to look into it with open eyes and not uh, gripe and moan about it. But um, my whole life has been a, a Pluto conjunction. It's passed over, you know, everything on my chart except like Saturn and Chiron, which are um, on the the right side of the chart, the the what do you call it, the western side. Um, and everything else is, you know, in houses like 12, 1, 2, 3. So now it's finished with that. So now I'm entering this time where Pluto is squaring everything in turn. So it's like for 40 years I'm having Pluto conjunct everything and then – and then uh, anyway, so I have my own thing about experiencing those. They are challenging. But what I will tell a client who's expecting doom and gloom is just put on a miner's hat and look into the dark and you'll be fine. Like decide that you're strong enough and decide that anything that comes to you, you can handle – that's that's kind of the strategy for Pluto transit, but in the literature in traditional astrology, you know, right? you know traditional astrology since 1930 when it was uh, discovered, um, and that kind of traditional mindset that takes us into psych- psychological approaches, even uh, we get afraid because Pluto's all in that context about fearing power and about being monsters, etc. So let's I'm going to take the second break. Stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey, and I'll be right back. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. Hey, pal. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And um, I'm talking about stuff and junk tonight, but during the break, I was just talking to my producer, Kiara, about the uh, the acupuncture thing that I've been doing. And I just want to – I don't know if I said this the last couple of weeks when I mentioned it. I, I know I told that story about uh, the thing with the archangel, blah, 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 and this whole profound experience, and I cried, and it was great. I, I know I told you that story last week, um, but this is this thing called um, – 
uh, the People's Organization of Community Acupuncture, which was started by this woman who was finding that just the whole business of acupuncture was kind of messed up and it was tr- had been for decades in the U.S. or in the West trying to fit the Western medical model. So acupuncturists had these very expensive services that were not being consumed, so they weren't reaching people and they weren't making a living. It was very hard. So she started this whole thing. I read her book, um, which is called Fractal. And it's worth looking up. Uh, and anyway, um, yeah, Fractal, F-R-A-C-T-A-L. I'm proud I could spell that. And anyway, she lays out her whole her whole thing about this. But anyway, so I'm going into this clinic. I'm paying 15 bucks per session. So if you go in to see an individual practitioner, it might be 60 bucks, 75, 150, 200 or more. Um, but if you go into the, one of these clinics, so this, it's really cheap because they're having multiple people in there and they're doing – What's necessary? They're not doing all the like, you know, trying to make it like visiting a Western doctor where you have all of this individualized personal experience. So you're kind of like, you know, the way she talks about it is really good. It's really interesting. It really appealed to my Uranian side of bust the system and stop this crap and just get the necessary stuff to the people. Um, I actually really felt my Uranus waking up when I was reading this book. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, but getting what, what people, uh, need to them in an affordable way because um, instead of having these clinics empty. But anyway, having a handful of practitioners who can see many patients during an hour, and it's very cool. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to plug this site, and I want you to look up and see if one of the hundred clinics in North America might be in your area. And it's um, pocacoop.com. So P-O-C-A-C-O-O-P.com. Poca Co-op. And um, you can search for um, uh, where clinics are. And of course, in lots of urban places, there, there are a number of them. It started in Portland, so Portland's full of them, Portland, Oregon. Um, but Kira's in Seattle, so I'm going to send her the Washington listing so she can she can see that. Um, anyway, it's just extremely, just extremely cool. And uh, but that's a, that, that's what I've been, been doing, and that's how, frankly, this guy who is an astrologer in a channel who's self-employed can afford to go in for acupuncture three times a week. <laughs> because it's fifteen dollars every time I go. It's just, there's a sliding scale, fifteen being the lowest, maybe up to twenty-five or thirty or something. And um, it's just a very cool atmosphere. I encourage you. Uh, I am going to talk about it more in future shows because I'm um, just in general here and there because I'm uh, thoroughly inspired by the changes that I've seen in myself. It is um, the only thing I think I realized this maybe the day after I talked to you last week. It's the only thing in my life I have ever done that has actually addressed this irritability that comes out as reactivity and anger, impatience, frustration. It's the only thing. So starting when I'm a really little kid, my mom is having me like work it out, you know, like physically do things to work it out, punch pillows or pound. She used to, this is kind of weird when you think about it now, but she's pretty clever. Uh, <laughs> um, She's sun Uranus together in the eighth, so she can like see into some things and understand like deep psychology and uh, make some connections. And she, when I, I remember when I was four, the reason that my anger kind of flared up, I remember the moment. And maybe I was five, but I was listening to my mother on the phone with her mother, who was kind of a jerk sometimes. And my mother was in this space of needing to defend herself, and she got angry, and they had an argument on the phone. And I was angry at my grandmother, who lived two states away, right, three states away, uh, who was doing this to my mother. 
And that's when it's like protective thing. Anyway, so that's when it started, but it wouldn't stop. And so my mom got these uh, two by fours and a hammer and nails. And I don't know if you'd give your five year old hammer and nails and teach him how to, but that was what she did to try to get me to work this out. And so it was kind of like a remedial thing or not remedial. It was like a, to manage, it was remedial. I don't know where that came from. It was like to try to manage that anger energy. And anyway, so it's progressed. I've done so many things short of being medicated and short of like, um, exhaustive, prolonged therapy. <laughs> um, I've done all kinds of different things to do this. And this is the first thing where I notice something happening and uh, I'm not reactive. And it's not just that I'm in a good mood that day or I feel relaxed or whatever. It's that the energy is flowing differently in my body. So like, so here I am doing all this meditative stuff. I'm doing all this energy work stuff. I'm hanging out with Jehudi, with Metatron, with my guides. I'm talking to all these different beings. I'm doing all these crazy things. Well, not crazy, but all these wonderful, intense, interesting, non-regular things, right? Interesting things. And this is what it takes for me to actually be able to do something about it. So I look at it as not the only thing that really helped, but the, the, the final ingredient in a really important recipe where being grounded, being in my body, learning to manage emotions in, in different ways that I do for myself and that I teach people all over the world how to do uh, through the work I do with them. Uh, all those things have been leading up to actually having something that, you know, opens the door for smooth sailing. So anyway, so I will be talking about the acupuncture thing because I'm like, suddenly I'm like, a, a, you know, like a convert. I'm like, I'm kind of like born again, acupuncture born again. I don't know if that's a phrase, but I think I'm going to start it. You're welcome to use it too. You don't have to quote, you don't have to give me like a credit, you know, anyway. Um, so anyway, so, uh, this is one other tool for consciousness actually, as it turns out. Um, because the way that energy flows through your body can get kinks in it. It can get cut off through an injury or through uh, an experience that causes you to um, partition yourself or any kind of thing like this. Your energy will not flow uh, as it is intended to, and doing acupuncture starts to reconnect the pathways in your body. I also have the curious side of me that has done um, – really a ton of research and it's still ongoing over the years of with a chakra system, planetary archetypes being assigned to chakra system, uh, you know, the seven major energy centers of the body and how the energies and the life experiences that are associated with each one, you know, we relate to them emotionally and then also how they manifest and don't manifest physically. So I've been doing that, that uh, research. And I think I am going to edge into learning more about the meridians and the, the Chinese, uh, the, the, uh, Chinese medicine conception of it. And um, so anyway, very, all very interesting. But I want to go back to talking about different uh, different transits and how, um, you know, to check your kind of the lens through which you are viewing what astrology is and does. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, I mean, that I've heard hundreds of people say, whether it's in a session or a friend or somebody, oh, well, you know, I have this Saturn transit coming up and you know, and uh, dreading it and being like putting on this um, costume of defeat before the thing actually even starts and how, uh, frankly, irritating that is because I want to say, I want to shake the person and say, wait, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it as what, it, you know, the opportunity it could be. And that's actually why I wrote the Saturn Returns book. That's actually why, because 
She talked about 25 year Saturn returns. For those of you who don't know, it's this, um, when the planet Saturn makes its first orbit after your birth returns, or its first orbit around the sun, uh, during your life, it happens around age 29, 29 and a half. Uh, that's its orbital cycle. And, um, and then you have this boost of Saturn energy. But since most people view Saturn as a downer, the Saturn, first Saturn return, it, you know, it's this maturation opportunity, but you get confronted with reality of how things are going and, and that you might not like them. They might not be helping you. So, um, anyway, you can talk to a, a savvy 25 year old or 20 year old even about this, that Saturn return and the person will say, Oh yeah, well, you know, and the person will act like he or she knows, but because it's an experience, you can't know. So, I wrote the Saturn Returns book. It's called Saturn Returns, and the subtitle is Thinking Astrologically because I'm trying to inspire you to look at things in a new way. And in that case, look at the energy that's coming. What's the question Saturn's asking you? It's an idea I get from Steve Forrest, my teacher, that transiting planets ask questions because they do. Um, you are a certain uh, con conglomerate of ideas and beliefs and opinions and preferences and, and aversions and uh, desires and dilemmas and fears and passions uh, it's, and stuff and junk. And, um, and the planet tries to get you to learn something. So it is asking you a question. How will you respond to this call to uh, be more respectable or more responsible or more mature, these kinds of Saturn questions, or more realistic or grounded or more willing to sacrifice something for a goal or cause in which you believe? Um, so anyway, most people view lots of outer planet transits as, you know, terrible. And then they'll view Jupiter transits as great. And I know people like this. They'll, you know, people, even people who do evolutionary astrology still have that in their heads because they spent decades doing these other, these other ways of doing it. So they'll look forward to a Jupiter transit and they'll dread a Saturn transit. So as I said, you know, I do have that experience of not always enjoying every transit, but there is a, there is a giant, um, I guess it's an opportunity to hold space open to see something in a new way so that you can see what the question and opportunity are. Because if you decide that a Saturn transit is going to be hard, I mean, if you make that decision and it robs you of energy or you're tired about it or that a Pluto transit is going to be a doozy or whatever, I even call mine a doozy. But if you walk into it expecting it to be that way and you're not open to it, you can't actually hear the call of what you're being asked asked to change. You can't even hear it because you're dealing with some fear or dread or, you know, I love all of you, but some kind of know-it-all attitude that, like, it's going to suck. You don't know. It, every transit carries wonderful things and, and weird things with it and challenging things with it. Like my Pluto on the IC transit, as I said, it's conjuncted everyth almost everything in my chart thus far, which is like, Ascendant, Venus, Mars, Uranus, Sun, Mercury, Neptune, Moon, Jupiter. You know, it's like it's done all of those things that's conjuncted over the course of my life. And it's not like I thought I've, I've seen it all, I've been through it all, but like um, the conjunction is very different from the square. So now it's squaring Ascendant while it conjuncts the IC. And um, one of the major factors, and I actually do tell people this, that when, a, a, you know, a progressed planet or a slow-moving transiting planet hits the IC, the past will come up because it's about your your emotional foundation and who you think you are. And so, like, I have a, a client who uh, had her progressed moon hit there a few months ago, and I told her maybe three months before, I said, you're going to start 
having you may start having dreams about childhood stuff because family history will come up and you know lo and behold the thing hits there uh and she started having these dreams and uh like for me it's a lot of past life stuff uh, because as my puto's in the 12th i'm i'm working on that kind of time travel thing i'm i'm feeling things across time and you know puto in neptune's house brings this you know kind of an interesting uh uh, opportunity to feel things and, and learn across time in that way and have things kind of bleed through a little more than perhaps for some people, uh, like past life experiences or other life experiences. So I'm having things resurface, but they're coming up because I'm saying they're not just blindsiding me. They're not random things coming up that I feel victim to because I don't. I could keep them out. Like I could push things out. I could not be aware. I could numb myself so I don't have to be aware of it. I could like uh, fill my days with nonsense, you know, entertainment and diversions and errands to like keep myself from doing it. But I'm I'm walking into it saying, you know, my goals A, B, C, and D. What's holding me back? And I'm being met with these things from under the surface that have shaped who I think I am. And who I am is, you know. A soul having a human experience, trying on for size temporarily, having a personality to try to figure out what that means. And as I do this, I get be, I get more detached from my conditioning, more detached from ideas of who I am, including who I think I am because of what's happened to me. Again, this is my lens. So when you have a reading with me, you're you know getting the spiritual perspective, my bias. Um. So I'm finding out I'm having dreams actually about some past life things. Last night I took the mukaite out of our bedroom. Mukaite is supposed to help with dreams and and help you have more vivid, not more vivid dreams, but like um, have dreams be more useful is one one idea I get from it. So I give my girlfriend a rough piece to play with, and so she had it on her side of the bed, and um, and then I had actually yesterday made for her a smaller piece, a, a polished hand piece that she could carry with her if she wanted. And last night I just realized that. The night before, I'd had this really intense set of dreams that I just couldn't deal with the repeat. So I took them downstairs and actually slept well. So I get to moderate it and participate. But um, but yeah, it's uh, these things are coming up because I've asked for them to come up. It's really important. Anyway, so we just have another uh, minute to go. Um, the acupuncture thing, go to Poca Coop, Poca Co-op, P-O-C-A-C-O-O-P.com and look up if there's a, if there's a clinic in your area for affordable acupuncture. And if you do, um, you know, a number of sessions for particular issues, they will change. It's really profound and really amazing. Um, and it's emotional or physical. I haven't once complained about a physical thing yet. I've only talked about emotions and they're always able to help me. There are, there's always a protocol. Um, and I want you to check out conscious living, conscious dying, the new book, channel book from Ascended Master Jehudi. And I also want you to, um, if you want to boost in your grounding and meditation process, I want you to go to the crystals page on tdjacobs.com and get a tiger iron crystal that's charged with the energies of those two beings, Jehudi and Metatron. Very intense, very good. I'll be sharing some uh, testimonials or stories from clients next week. So thanks for joining me. And uh, feel free to rate this podcast in iTunes and feel free to donate to support the show through tdjacobs.com. Everything's appreciated. And you can check out 15 books on Amazon and Kindle. And uh, join me next week. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. 
Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com. 